0: In this video, I interviewed Tom T. Moore. This is part two. If you didn't see the first one, I'm going to leave a link down in the description uh, for you to click on to find the first video. But this is part two, a follow-up of Atlantis and Lemuria. In this video, he goes into more detail of Lemuria. So this is Tom T. Moore. He's the author of The Gentle Way Books, <clears throat> First Contact, and i got his book right here and Lamoria, so he goes into more details of Lamoria in this video at the end and he also talks about timelines if you ever had any thoughts or questions about timelines he talks about timelines and he, he, he breaks them down and he goes into a little bit of detail of timelines. so it's pretty interesting he talks about uh, four negative energies and the ten positive energies and how they how there's this uh, grand experiment, and I never knew that, so that's new news to me. And you might find it beneficial to you as well. Uh, we touched base on Antarctica. That was a question that my viewers had was about Antarctica. So and he talks about it in his book as well, with the details on it. Sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy the video. All right, Tom. Um, Thank you for having another video with us. And I'm pretty anxious to see what we're going to talk about today and what subjects we're going to discuss. And I want to just talk about briefly about you. You're the author of Atlantis and Lemuria. You're also the author of three books called The Gentle Way. And you're also the author of First Contact. Just want to say thank you again. And Whenever you're ready. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Thanks, thanks for having me uh, again. And we might remind everybody, uh, the first one that we did was on Atlantis and Lemuria. So uh, be sure to look that one up. You might want to go in order the way we're, uh, we're doing these. And Atlantis and Lemuria uh, was the first book, I mean, the, uh, the first um, uh, session that we did. And uh, we got pretty well through it. Uh, didn't get a chance to talk too much about Lemuria. I'll try and talk a little bit more on on that today, but I'm I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit uh, because uh, at, uh, the people that wound up inhabiting the continent of Atlantis uh, uh, they started inhabiting it 60,000 years ago, and so did. Uh, The continent of Lemuria sixty thousand years ago. So what does that tell us? That there was some um, uh, there was some design uh, to the fact when Homo sapiens first started inhabiting all of these continents was about sixty thousand years ago. Africa was slightly ahead of the others. Um, Probably, I think they were down to that last. Let's just make sure uh, that that this human body is going to work and i say uh i'm talking about our et uncles and aunts because the uh, as we'll discuss in the earth experiment um the creator of this universe decided he wanted to uh, try and see if there was a way to work with the negative energies and no one had ever been able to do this and any universe and there's billions of universes all these all these other universes um, uh, only work with the 10 positive energies now our scientists don't well it'll take several hundred years for them to finally come up and learn that there are 10 positive energies and four negative energies and we work we have worked with the four negative energies to the point we have been successful in uh, in working with negative energies, and we're to the point in time where where we will start having a little bit less negative energies that we have to work with, and this is because we we are the stars of the universe. We we learned how to work with these negative energies, and that was a tremendous accomplishment, which is why we have uh, beings from from not only our universe, but even other universes that come and they mask their appearance so so that they don't scare us to death, but they're taking millions of readings every single day for people to learn how we were able to work with these negative energies. So that's part of what what uh, we have to call the earth experiment. So let me get to that slide if I
0: can find it again. And, and, and Tom, if you don't mind me asking, um, sure. What, what are the four negative energies again? I think you, you just, well, we that. don't know.
1: <laughs> uh, I've, I've, after I was told that I started having people, uh, um, ask me, well, what's, you know, what, uh, what are the four? And, and I have no earthy ideas. So um, gotcha. I understand. So let me, let's kind of start at the beginning. Um, I, uh, I just dis- discovered that I could request benevolent outcomes and this was a fantastic modality, uh, that I, I'd been looking at all these other modalities like, like, oh uh, gosh, Um, uh, things like even astrology or numerology or, um, uh, uh, you know, requesting and uh, uh, law of attraction. None of these worked for uh, perfectly, but requesting benevolent outcomes in my life worked perfectly. And I'd never been able to say that by any, any modality before. And so, On the earth experiment um, uh, one of the one of the things that that uh, people uh, have tried was uh, ESP experiments and they were only partially successful we talked about these last time so I finally got to the point where I was able to telepathically communicate uh, with all sorts of entities, everything from people to uh, to all types of different kinds of souls, my guardian angel uh, it was a long list I mean because every single and we 'll get into this a little bit more in this in the slideshow every single living thing uh, on earth uh, is insult, and a lot of people don 't understand that. You know, I, I'll hear things that just drive me up the wall like, oh, it's just a dog. Well, it's a dog that's in soul, okay? Right. And, right. and yeah. dogs and cats and, and everything on earth is here to teach us lessons because our end goal, I have discovered, is much grander than you could ever imagine. Our, our souls volunteered for the earth experiment and and they volunteered to fast track the raising of their vibrational levels, and we receive all these messages, these telepathic messages uh, through the pineal gland, which acts as an antenna. We've mentioned this before. Um, the Creator of this universe sent its emissaries to all these planets and said uh, and told them that. Uh, it wanted to um, uh, to try and see if if uh, there there was a way to work with these four negative energies mm-hmm. so the Creator asked for volunteers and so all of our souls uh, that volunteered first of all they had to have reached a certain vibratory level when I uh, initially started receiving messages and asking questions, I was told that. Uh, That they had to have a spiritual life, but that wasn't exactly true. They were giving me what I could understand at that time. Later on, as we got into vibrations and raising vibrations, I was told that a a soul had to reach a certain vibratory level before it could even be considered for the Earth experiment. And so, the goal of of our um, uh, of our Souls is to fast track the raising of their vibrations, Mm. and eventually, thousands of years from now, we're going to combine and we're going to become a creator. And this has never been done in any other universe. We're going to combine to become a, a creator and we're going to take over running the universe for this creator and our creator. Uh, of this universe is going to a higher level it doesn't even know what that higher level is (laughs) so it's that's interesting yeah so it's there's this big goal and that's what they're all working for so like our soul uh the souls that that we're fragments of uh here on earth um in in these soul clusters that are made up of six to twelve fragments our souls may be having lives on uh, on 500,000 to a million other planets in this universe going on all at the same time for the learning and the learning is for us to be able to eventually be able to have the knowledge to become a creator and that's why we have a veil that does not allow us to know about any of our past lives and we have thousands of past lives gotcha. on other planets but this veil is for us to learn how to make decisions without having any um, any prior knowledge? We have to come up with new solutions to things, and even I, I'm even told by um, by Lacantura, like my brother on another planet, they say. But we've been we've been around for millions of years. Technologically, we're tremendously you know advanced. Uh, you know, we we all wonder how are you going to come up with new ways to do things they they kind of scratch their heads at that but the creator believes we're going to do that so wow the creator sent these emissaries and and uh, guy or theo uh tell me that um uh when an emissary comes and and asks you uh, you know the creator would like you to do something. You can refuse, but nobody ever does. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. kind of like you volunteered. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're there. So, as I said, there are four negative energies and ten positive energies, and that's and and as I say, uh, if you were to ask a, a scientist today, they will have no earthly idea what you're talking about.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: So, when they did this experiment they, they, uh, the souls, um, created a special space time continuum and it's a big mouthy word, but people, most people have heard of this. It's just, we don't really understand what it means. Right. And, um, uh, but the space time continuum was made to contain because uh, contain all this negative energy. And even when, uh, which now this is really amazing to me, even when we go out to the stars, we will still be uh, in sort of this negative bubble. But we're going to, when we go to the stars, we're going to start introducing tiny bits of negativity to all these other planets, and they will introduce it to all other planets. And the amount of negativity we will give them will be 0.02% to a maximum of 2%. Okay. That's mm. all, that's all they could stand. We've been up at around 50%. So are wow. you know, uh-huh. we're, you know, we're uh, really had to take the brunt of learning how to live with all, all these, which is why we've destroyed ourselves a few times and, and had to start all over again. Right which uh, included Atlantis and Lemuria, that both the the people destroyed themselves. And so the space-time continuum is really complex. And um, uh, uh, before I get into how complex, uh, uh, here the souls were promised fast-track raising of vibrational levels, eventually meld together as a creator, never done before in any universe, and And will take over the running of this universe, must be veiled to learn how to make decisions and so but we have all the support we have guardian angels now these are whole souls, okay, uh, very powerful um they're golden light beams, which means they glow a golden light because they're so ancient mm. and and um uh there's a little over one million of these guardian angels, and they prefer the term servants of the creator. You, keep in mind, a lot of reli- uh, religious people, a lot of uh, people have read, oh, uh, you know, watch out, be careful of angels. Uh, you know, they might be to your, your detriment and everything. Mm-hmm. But, but wow. these are servants of the creator. They volunteered. Uh, when Theo uh, told me, Theo was one of the first to volunteer to be a uh, 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 to be a guardian angel. And he said, when the creator put out the job description, it, it humorously said, only golden light beings need apply. So these golden light beings are able to take care of, of uh, thousands and thousands of whole souls and take care of all of these soul fragments having lives on earth on all the lives all going on at the same time, because in the space time continuum, mm-hmm. uh, uh, time is just an illusion. All of these lives are going on at the same time and each life has, uh, multiple lives has parallel lives. So, um, uh, since we have the support, we can ask, I requested most, but no, I come for, thank you. And it can be a simple thing like a parking space or it can be um, uh, it can be something really uh, uh, very dramatic like you're in danger. Um, I had a lady that wrote to me and said her daughter was walking along the street in California and a, a van and some men started following her down the street. She requested a benevolent outcome and suddenly a bunch of people came outside. Uh, of a a house or a building and the van drove away she's quite certain that that saved her daughter from who knows what Uh, i had a lady uh, that lives in kansas that that emailed to tell me that that uh, she lived on a farm and there was a tornado headed right for them and so she grabbed the kids ran for the basement, requested a benevolent outcome for their safety, and the tornado lifted up and passed right over the house. Wow. So there are some really dramatic things that have happened. Um, samples of NVO requests, perfect job, perfect mate, perfect home. Identity theft. I request the most benevolent outcome that my identity in all forms uh, be safe from now on. Thank you. Uh, traveling to work to the airport security requests for business each day at work for meetings, abuse, bingo and games of chance. Uh, I, uh, I, have I've won half of an $8,400 bingo pot on a cruise. I had oh, wow. a lady uh, that, that told me she won a million dollars in Canada, uh, on the lottery that saved a vacation house that had been in their family for years, but they were going to lose it because of taxes. And, um, uh, lots of other people that have won larger bingo games than me and, and smaller ones. So, uh, uh, uh I haven't, I haven't found anybody that's had a long run in a casino. Uh, it seems that, <laughs> that it, it works for a while and, and I'll, I'll go in and say, I request a benevolent, I come sit at, at the right seat at the table or, you know, and, and it seems to work. So as long as you don't get too uh involved and sit there forever. Dangerous places and times. So here are these parallel lives. Now this is where it gets a little complicated and um, uh you can stop and ask me questions here anytime if you want. All right. Absolutely. So uh so we had uh they decided to have uh, our souls decided to have the biggest bang for the buck. So each one of our lives has 12 parallel lives. And, and and even in science fiction, they, they kind of know that this exists in a way, but they just don't know, you know, how, how exactly it works. And most people guess hundreds of parallel lives or maybe one or two or three or something like that. Right. But, but basically, um, these parallel labs are set up on different frequencies. It's like changing uh, the dial on a radio station or something. And, and so you have the higher frequencies are 12, 11, 10, and 9. Middle frequencies are 8, 7, 6, and 5. And we're on timeline 6, by the way, middle frequency. And then you have the lower time uh, frequencies – for four, three, two, and one. Now, the people have harder lives on timelines one through four and easier lives, much easier lives on nine through 11. And I mentioned 11 because 12 is a non-physical life and this is considered the perfect life and all the others are compared to timeline 12 and i don 't ever mm. kind of count timeline twelve because it's it 's so foreign to to me in a way you know it 's not physical you know. <laughs> they don 't have any problems and, um, and and then these timelines are subdivided uh, into fours first of all uh, so you, so that nine through twelve and and five through eight and, and one through four they 're subdivided and then sub subdivided into twos. So as an example, we're, uh, combined with timeline five. Okay. So there'll be times when like my, my wife had cooked a, a pie for Thanksgiving or something like that, uh, a few years ago. And, and she gave the pie to our daughter and it was a different pie and, and (laughs) <laughs> and when i asked theo about it, he said oh well that pie went over to timeline 5 and timeline 5s went over to you so there's some <laughs> some right. kind of crossing over at times they, they they try and keep these timelines separate but but they're not uh always they they do combine and sometimes they combine for us um like we've combined with timeline 7 at uh, at one point a uh, year or so uh, uh, past and and that was for us to to get a feeling of what it felt like to be kind of in a higher timeline where things are easier and you couldn't tell it and and when I would be talking with Theo he said you you can't tell anything Kenny and I said no with the exception that I just feel like everything's gonna work out okay you know it, it's it's like it's just an easier easier timeline Um hmm. Now, and people ask, well, what happens if, you know, if you requesting most benevolent outcomes, because one of the things it does uh, requesting MBOs is not only does it keep you on your soul path, which is our soul uh, contract, which is what you want to stay on, because that's what what you decided before birth would be the perfect life for you. But uh, but it also raise continually raises your vibrational level and. And so I just within the last day or so, someone emailed asking me, well, what happens if, if you raise your vibrational level, do you go over to the next timeline? No, all you, all you are, let's just imagine that here's our timeline. And so here are people, you know, that are kind of lower down on the timeline. And then here you are at the top of the timeline. Okay. Mm, Okay. But, but, um, and, and people have asked me, well, Uh, What about, uh, you know, when we were moving over from the third focus to the fifth focus, fifth dimension, uh, did we leave people behind or whatever? And I was told, no, imagine this is a cruise ship with all these different decks and levels. But the cruise ship, when it gets to port, um, uh, everybody gets there at the same time. Okay. Now, to give you an idea of uh, uh, just from my standpoint, Uh, of how different these lives can be on timelines one and two, I have already died. Okay. I had congestive heart failure and I didn't make it. So on timelines one and two, I've died on timelines three and four. um, I'm still in the tour business or at least about to retire, whatever. But, Mm -hmm. but uh, I'm, uh, I am, uh, still in the turbos, I didn't ever get into film distribution, so that's that was something different uh, on timelines three and four. Um, also, I uh, one of the reasons I did not get into film distribution is that uh, I wound up splitting with my wife which was like over 20 years ago. And we both remarried on timelines three and four on timelines, five, six, seven, and eight. We've been married almost 50 years. And, um, uh, and, and when I went to TCU, I got a, a degree in finance on timelines, uh, five, six, seven, and eight, uh, I guess may have done it on timelines three and four I don't know and and so I did this um, um uh, timeline where uh, um, sorry, I'm losing my my train of thought here the uh, uh, instead of finance on the upper timelines, I got a degree in English and Married my college sweetheart, moved to Colorado. Hmm. We divorced, and she went back to uh, to New Jersey to live with the kids. And I remarried and had had uh, kids, uh, more kids. So, and one of the reasons why I got a degree in finance at TCU uh, was to have uh, ROTC help pay for my college education. But on the upper timelines, there was no need because Vietnam never happened. Hmm. They settled their differences without going to war. So that's one of the major differences. Everything is easier on those upper timelines. Now, what else happens on the upper timelines is that, like inventions, they all start on the upper timelines, and they work their way down to, to us. So that's, that's how inventions and, and other things come along. Um, one of the things that's, that's coming, will be coming along for us is that, um, the, uh, uh, there, there is, um, uh, my family on the upper timelines is shooting a documentary on board, a, a mothership right now. And that's on timeline number 11. So, they, they get to do all the neat things first. We have, to, we have to wait our turn.
0: They get to experiment and try things out first.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and all the inventions. And, of course, all these inventions and everything are coming from our guides. You know, they, they uh, give the information, and, and then they work it. And then, and then it's like they start sharing this information in our dreams with the other timelines going on down the way. So very complicated and And a lot of people don't want to um to have life that complicated they they don't oh, just give me this simple book that was written two thousand years ago and whatever uh, and I'll just follow it mm-hmm. but it it's um it, but it's much more beautiful when you think about there being four million souls helping uh, Gaia. Run the earth, you know, with with dog souls and and all these group souls of trees and plants and all this other stuff. There there are four million other souls. And uh, in my in my last newsletter, I asked Gaia. I said uh, about that. I said, are you kind of basically the the same size? Keep in mind, we're using three dimensional terminology and they're on the 12th where there is no time and space or whatever. So it's difficult communicating, but I said, you know what I mean? And she said, yeah, she said, I am the same as all these other souls, but look at me as a conductor of an orchestra. I'm the same as them, but I, I arrange the music, Hmm. conduct the music. So, that's, that's the way to look at, at Gaia, who is the soul of the earth. Okay? Uh, any questions on all these uh, timelines? Uh, that's,
0: no, I think you did a great job. Um, the only one maybe touch base on is 9 and 10. Um, is that the, if you could discuss that one? Well, that's part
1: of that upper, upper timeline group. And so, <clears throat> nine and ten. Uh, uh, there's there's big spaces uh, in in frequencies between timeline nine and timeline eight, and the same between timeline five and timeline four. There's a bigger frequency break. Uh-huh. Okay. So and and there's smaller frequency breaks between like timeline five and six or seven and eight or nine and ten, but but there's a big drop-off uh, in frequency between uh, between these groups of four. Gotcha.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I, I mentioned there's four million group souls. Every single living being on earth is in soul. And, and please keep that in mind. I mean even like I've communicated with oak tree soul I've communicated with rose soul R O S E rose soul um lilac soul now lilac soul uh, where rose soul only uh roses all the roses of the world in, in all the timelines <laughs> in all the lives you know um gotcha. I mean that's they're they're really much more uh, immensely capable than than we can imagine. They're not they're not like Clarence. Uh, in it's a wonderful life. <laughs> they you know they really are able to do many things, and um, so uh, so lilac soul also uh, insoles hundreds of other flowers. But when I asked, well, should should I be calling you something different because someone had asked me a specific. Uh, question about lilacs and uh and lilac soul said no just continue to call me lilac soul. i like that i like that name so um so all these uh i've i've had even a conversation with cockroach soul <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gotcha. and, and uh, uh dog soul and cat soul um cats uh, domesticated cats um are ensouled are by one soul, but um, uh, other, other souls ensoul the other f- felines. And I don't know how many, I haven't gotten to that point yet, I don't know how many um, souls are, there are for the other felines. I mean, it could be just one soul ensouling all the felines, uh, or it could be one soul for lions and another uh, soul ensoules all the tigers and, and so on have not gotten that far in, in questions yet um, let's see some of the others it's um, you get an idea i mean it's it's really really fascinating all these souls that have volunteered to uh, to do this they come from other planets and they uh, they enjoy doing what they're doing. Uh, mentioned the cat dog soul mm <laughs> Okay, now, as part of this Earth experiment, we needed lots of, lots and lots of help. Not only the guardian angels that look out for us every minute of every day we're on Earth, and all of our lives all going on at the same time, all the parallel lives, okay? Um, but uh, we also have guides. Now, typically, you'll have one guide for that's your main guide and that will typically be a soul fragment from your soul cluster. Okay. That knows you backwards and forwards. I used to think that all of the soul fragments in a soul cluster were like peas in a pod. Oh, it's your time to go for next life. Oh, it's your time. But it's not. We, each soul fragment is insoled with a different soul interest. So as an example, my sole interests are religions, but um, Antura, who's also a member of my, my um, uh, soul cluster, his sole interest is, um, uh, is exploration. So as an example, he was Marco Polo's uncle, and he traveled the Silk Road before Marco Polo ever traveled it, and wrote about it. Hmm. so and i asked him i said well uh, you know because he's had 800 lives on earth before he's having this life back as an amphibian um and i said well what do you consider your your most significant life out of the 800 so far and he said it was it was that uh, life where he traveled the sick, silk road because it was so so much to explore and and different cultures and and uh, you know vast different distances and you know mountains and deserts and on and on and on Mm -hmm. and so he considered that as his most significant life on earth Uh, um, now my main guide uh, happened to be the very first person i communicated with telepathically when i I went to this uh, seminar on uh, expanding your psychic abilities. And he was a shaman living in the mid 1600s uh, in the American West. His His name in English was reveals the mysteries. And it turns out that he's my main guide in this life because he's a member of my soul cluster. So. And I may have explained this before um, in the last session can't remember uh, that he that I was also a shaman living at that same time period and my name was Stillwater so we we have a, a long association but he's my main guy mm-hmm. now everybody has guides that come and go in your life depending on what you're doing if if you start out, well, I'll give my examples. Um, I I started out. My first business was um, uh, was a tour business. I I formed a single ski club in Dallas, and and bought a school bus, which we fixed up, and we'd run that thing 600 miles up to New Mexico every weekend. Uh, overnight, and I'd give someone a, a, free, a free trip if they would help me drive the bus. And that tour business grew to a travel agency and then a wholesale tour business and then an international wholesale tour business with 3,000 travel agents uh, oh, wow. selling our, our tours nationwide. And, and so I had a couple of guides for that business. When we sold the tour business, um, those two guides went away, and when I started my international film and TV program distribution business, I had a couple of guides that came in to help me with that business. Then when I started writing articles, and then uh, the five books so far, and writing on my sixth, um, I, I added a couple of writer guides, and... I know that I have um, my my late mother is my uh, is my guide for all things feminine because my newsletter with uh, which is subscribed to by seventy five or eighty percent women uh, she helps me with all things feminine for me to be able to correspond with with uh, all the many ladies that that subscribe to my newsletter, which you can find on my website at www.thegentlewaybook.com right on the home page, You can sign up for my newsletter. So, uh, so we all have these guides that, that and, and help us. Now, if you notice from this, this uh, slide that you're seeing, the, uh, uh, all of these uh, guides have different colors and they, and, and some of them have intricate uh, details inside. Uh, inside these balls of light, or globes, or orbs, they're they're actually called orbs. And someone one day is going to start studying these orbs, and they're going to identify all what all these different colors and everything. Mm. Um, I, I think a, a red color means less than one hundred lives. A blue color means more than 200 lives, things like that. So there there are reasons for these colors and intricate details.
0: Hmm, interesting.
1: Um, Mentioned before that that, uh, Littlefoot and Lucy were some of the very first humans, and we call them humans. They're not homo sapiens but they're, they're human. And these were some of the very first, Littlefoot, Lucy, and there are many other types or models that, that uh, uh, we have not yet discovered. They're still lost. Neanderthals, there were three and a half million of those, uh, but they, they like to eat each other, so they, their numbers never rose too much. And then the Cro-Magnons, we're just as smart as as we are, hundred percent of the same capacity. But uh, but there were five million of them, and and uh, the ETs decided they could do a better model than than the crow magnets. Mm. And so along came the Adam and Eve model human. And uh, there's the. Uh, Atlantis and Lemuria. And yeah. if you see way off to the left-hand side, that's where Lemuria is. I, I don't have a uh, I don't think I have a slide on that right now that uh, but it's way over in the Pacific, and it's about twelve percent larger than Australia is today. And Atlantis itself was about ten percent larger before it broke apart, uh, leaving only some uh, islands. Follow up on the fact that we didn't get to Lemuria last time, I don't think. Is that correct?
0: No, no. We touched on it a little bit Yeah, at the end.
1: Yeah. Now, Lemuria, as I say, was 12% larger than modern-day Australia, uh, but it looks awfully small because it was sitting – in the, in the Pacific and as compared to uh, Atlantis that took up quite a bit of the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, uh, Atlantis was in, the, uh, was in the form of a parallelogram, so it ran parallel to the North American coast, and it ran sort of parallel um, sliding down to the African coast uh, within 30 miles, where it was about 100 miles out, from, from the North American coast. And Lemuria was, was connected at one time to Japan in several different places. But when Atlantis sank from all these volcanoes exploding at one time, the seas, the oceans of the world rose 160 feet, and that broke off the connection. Then, then when the Atlanteans finally destroyed themselves 12,500 years ago, the seas rose again 41 feet, which is when the uh, story of Noah actually uh, came about. That was a true story ex- with the exception that he didn't have any wild animals on his boat. That was added over the, over the thousands of years, somebody added that into it. Um, I was told that i I have had more lives on both of these continents than anybody else living today. one hundred and eighty lives on atlantis and but only sixty five on Lemuria and I said, well hmm. why why only sixty five on Lemuria And I was told that Lemuria for thousands of years one of the most idyllic places anyone could live, everyone lived in harmony. It was just a very beautiful place to live so there just wasn't a need for for me to be around i guess uh as in as many lives as there were in Atlantis because there was so much going on i, I was I died a couple of times uh in uh, in my Atlantean lives when they sent us over to try and conquer Africa, which was at that time known as the land of Oz mm-hmm. and, and hundreds of these sort of like Zulu warriors. If you can imagine, uh, you know, from the times when the British uh, were massacred, they, uh, that had happened, you know, thousands of years before uh, when the, uh, Atlanteans tried to come over the Atlanteans had aircraft, uh, you know, uh, they had all these modern weapons and everything uh, because they'd been around for thousands of years but the uh, uh, the uh, uh, warriors over on in Africa uh, d- uh, quickly found out that these aircraft could not fly at night, and i'm not sure why but uh, but the the beams these radio beams that they that they flew on uh, from these uh, Crystal, uh, uh, these giant crystals that they used, mm-hmm. they could not fly at night, and so they didn't have to worry about being attacked from the air. And even if there was, say, five thousand uh, Atlantean troops, they bring twenty thousand or more um, uh, warriors, African warriors, and they would just massacre them. And and that happened to me a couple of times. I was told <laughs> I died in in Africa thanks to somebody wanting to, to, uh, uh, for pa- looking for power to c- conquer more land. They the Atlanteans had much had much uh, uh, easier time in conquering uh, places like uh, uh, the the uh, settlements on in the Mediterranean. They were. Mm-hmm. It was much easier uh, to do that. So, uh, so the Lemurians lived a, a pretty idyllic life, and finally, in the last thousand years of their existence, they it they started having problems. Uh, uh, the continent of Lemuria was sort of divided, like like I would compare it to Europe today. The big rivers. Mountain ranges, things like that. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of divided into five countries, and these five countries kept um, uh, kept getting uh, kept getting worse and worse between them. And the way I found out that I'd had a, a life on Lemuria, uh, or the continent of Mu, as it's called, mm-hmm. I I said, "Oh, Theo, have I ever had a life?" Uh, on Lemuria and he said oh Tom he said he said "Uh, you helped sink the continent and I said oh gosh (laughs) he said said, it was the worst I like that news (laughs) yeah I really really loved it he said you were a religious leader of one of the countries and you encouraged the leaders of your country to go ahead and drop this it's like hydro, two hydrogen bombs on mm. two of the countries, one each, and because we all thought that they didn't have these bombs, and we thought we'd just wipe out the the major parts of the uh, of these countries, and we wouldn't have to worry about them anymore. Well, lo and behold, they did have these hydrogen type bombs, much larger than anything ever ever used today, and they were so big that when The war got started, and everybody started dropping these bombs. It broke the continent up, and it sank uh, within days. Wow. So so when that happened, um, uh, the seas rose again about 170 feet or more, and uh, again, wiping out every single – every time the the seas rose like this, these giant rising of seas, Every single village, town, and and uh, city that had built up on the coast of the world over thousands of years would be completely wiped out, wiping out all their history and everything. It's no wonder we don't. We all, a lot of people think that our history only goes back six thousand or so years. It's because uh, all these histories got wiped out. And
0: almost like a reset button.
1: Yeah, almost like a reset button. And everybody had to start over again. And in fact, the ETs, because of the space-time continuum, they could go forward in time. And they could tell where both of these societies were headed. Um, and so suddenly, they all withdrew. They all just flew away one day,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: leaving, leaving the people on both these continents just really perplexed. Well, where'd they go? Why, why are you leaving? And they wouldn't tell them and it, uh because they they couldn't interfere and that's where the uh the earth directive came along and that's that's all part of the first contact book uh, mm-hmm. that that goes into detail on the earth directive so so we blew ourselves up luckily uh, there uh, there were people that started leaving lemuria and migrating elsewhere A little similar uh, to Atlantis, but, or I should say, you know, when Posadia and Aram were around, people started leaving there when, when the it got too much warring, and so a lot of people migrated to what is now like Malaysia or, um, or southern China and and even Japan. In fact, I'd ask um, to show you how idyllic. Uh, the continent of Mew was um, uh, there was a lot of land on Japan and it was only inhabited by what were considered indigenous people, uh, you know, way behind, uh, you know, they would be like the the villagers in Africa today or whatever. And, um, mm-hmm. but they didn't need to, the land or anything. And so they, they never, they weren't like the Atlanteans go conquer this place and that place. They just left them alone. So people migrated to Japan, migrated to China, and so on before, before the final big uh, war happened. So, oh, and it, it took me, I think it was 80, something like either 81 or 85 lives to balance that one life. I had to have a life where I went down with the ship in um, uh, at Atlantis as a kid, um, you know when the when they, uh, uh, the war came, I, I was alive then. so I had to have lives where, where uh, I died <laughs> gotcha, a bunch, of, a bunch of times in order to, to balance that life. So at least it wasn't as many as like Hitler, he was hundred he, he has 110 and some of his
0: henchmen even more. Mm, wow. Uh, you, you mentioned the Oz location and that it was in Africa. Did it, Did you ever find out like what part of Africa it was for the Oz location? Well, I, it
1: was just called, it was like uh, all of Africa or the known part of Africa. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they knew how far down extended or not. It um, was just called the land of Oz. And, um, it's, uh, uh and it, keep in mind, it was very fertile, all that top half of, of Africa that is now desert. It was very fertile back in those days. Mm-hmm. So when I migrated there with 25,000 of my followers from Posadia, um, we spread out all over that, that whole top, top part of, of Africa. And, uh. People had farms and villages and things like that, so we uh, there was plenty of room to spread out. It there weren't that many people, uh, only probably uh, a gathering around the Nile. Uh, keep in mind, uh, Egypt is much much older than than they claim, and of course they can't. Uh, you know, they they found things that would show that Egypt is much older but they can't come out publicly with it because of the religious beliefs. Right. They would be called heretics and they would be trying to stone them to death or something. Wow.
0: It's a shame. Maybe hopefully one day the, the truth will come out. It may. <laughs> that's that's uh, one of my
1: goals is if we do get to do the documentary, um, they tell me they will show us the history of the world.
0: Wow. Yeah, that that would be interesting. That would be good. Yeah. Um, Antarctica, that was one of the questions that was asked when I sent out, you know, like feedback on questions and everything. And I know you touch about it in your book. And and a lot of people, a lot of people, and I read their comments on other subjects, other topics. And there's a lot of people that truly believe that, Atlantis was in Antarctica, but well, you have a whole different story.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was settled not by a race of people that were part of the earth experiment. This, these people lived on, uh, on an Antarctica before it was ever a frozen um, mm-hmm. block of ice. Right. And, and uh, Edgar Casey mentions this he he calls it the first destruction uh, dis- uh, destruction. I kind of skipped over it because when I asked how it affected the continent of Atlantis, I was mm-hmm. told very little because there weren 't that many people living there uh, thirty one thousand or so years ago uh-huh. and and it only kind of affected the coastline um, but but when uh, Gaia guy uh, switched the poles, or moved, moved uh, magnetic north, whatever, however you wish to describe it. Uh, uh, suddenly, Atlantis froze almost overnight. I mean, pardon me, uh, Antarctica froze almost overnight, and as well as did some of the the northern places. Look at Greenland. They, if you look at the topography and all of Greenland, there were Uh, some giant rivers and things like that, that, that have frozen over. They were, uh, they were a beautiful uh, part of the planet. And suddenly uh, uh, the people are, are freezing to death. So that, that did happen. And, and when all those, those that society that was living on Antarctica, uh, their souls went elsewhere too find a new place to to live
0: right yeah because uh a lot of people really believe and i guess part of that could be because of the movies you know stargate that they represent atlantis in antarctica so that was interesting that you you had a different viewpoint on that yeah
1: i will as i say in my newsletter a different perspective
0: yes, so yes, and I, I wanted to touch base on that because um, I knew you had some information about it, and I knew that was a good answer to to that person's question
1: Yeah. Um, uh, so much of our world history we just don't know because because all these these uh, great calamities, and I was told that that people. A lot of people have a subconscious fear of of Atlantis destroying the, uh, themselves again, mm-hmm. or or um, the people of Mew uh, destroying themselves again. The subconscious fear we don't want to we don't want to relearn how to have this crystal power because maybe we'll misuse it again. Mm-hmm. And but I was told that we will never destroy ourselves again. That's we in when we reached the harmonic convergence in August of 1987, um, we, we reached reached a point in our vibrational levels where we will never destroy ourselves again. Okay. So that's, that's very positive. And I was told that the reason, you know, I have my book on, on Atlantis and Lemuria and all is to let people, know this history and this information it's time for people to learn about it again and not not be afraid of that it's going to happen again
0: i agree with you i agree with you um you mentioned the crystal powers did was there any messages like is that one of the avenues we're supposed to re-explore again for like technology Uh, for free energy or free health, because back then, a lot of that stuff was um, free in a
1: way. But keep in mind, we're going to have uh, some corporation is secretly developing a free energy machine that will be released in the next three to an outside five years, let's say. But it sounds like it's going to be sooner than later. Okay. It's going to be released to the world so that anybody can start a little plant and start making these free energy machines. And they're going to do this all over the planet. And it's going to be such a game changer. There are going to be no more needs for oil pipelines. You know, look at the story uh, about uh, all the people that got burned to death in, in Mexico from uh, from siphoning oil out of a pipeline.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, so you're right. I heard about gonna, that.
1: And and the indigenous population of Canada, you know, they've forced them uh, to have this pipeline going across their their land. And in five years or or so, maybe ten at the outside, they'll have the last left because there will be no need for the pipeline. Right. So there's there's going to be All these dramatic changes that these free energy machines—you can pop, you can power one house or several houses. Will get together, and and they'll have a little grid, their own little grid. That's right, powering four or five houses together.
0: Mm -hmm. And you talk about that in your newsletter too. Yeah, that's right. It is in your newsletter as well.
1: People, people send me in questions from all over the world to ask. And I don't always get it right. I keep telling people, Uh Hey, hey, look, I think I'm in the 80 to 90% percentile, but, uh, but Theo says no one that does this work is perfect. And you have to just understand that. Right. The problem I have will be like, um, I'll, I'll allow an opinion. Maybe I'm seeing something on the news, and it's very powerful or you know very vivid or something like that, and I'll allow it to um, uh, uh, to make me receive something that's not quite accurate and And I really, really worked to try and keep myself as neutral as possible when I ask these questions, and sometimes if it's important then I'll ask several different times at different times because maybe I'm tired one day. I, I, I barely get out of bed. The last time I did, I did a, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I got up at like three o'clock in the morning or, and, and did a session because it's quiet. Uh-huh. And, and I, I had awakened earlier in the night and took me an hour to get back to sleep when I let the dogs out. And so I was really tired, and then suddenly as I'm doing this stuff on my computer, all of a sudden I pop awake and I've got k, you know, like three or four lines of K's uh, that, that I typed <laughs> <laughs> on the computer. And, and so there will be times like that or, or times where um, uh, I, I know people that will not channel because they uh, – near the full moon – or the new moon or whatever. And, but I'm told that to do not, do not worry about that. They want me to do it all the time, anytime I can. And when I do, if I do make a mistake, it's, I, I have archived all of my newsletters since 2007 on my website. Mm -hmm. You can read them and you can see the mistakes I made and, and where I've hit and, and, um, but I, I think overall because I've asked thousands of questions on thousands of different topics that at least make people think.
0: Gotcha. Um, this, this was, a a question I thought was maybe a little hard to figure out, but I don't know if you ever touched base on this one, but, they they were asking if 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 there's a way that if people nowadays are still had the bloodline of the people from Atlantis like if that if you could if there was a way to uh tell talk about that and, and i thought i thought that was an interesting question even though the, some comments was That would be hard to prove because how how would you you need DNA from that time frame, that era? So it was worth the the question asking for your opinion.
1: I think it would be extremely difficult. I mean, look at uh, Ancestry.com and all these others that are doing that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. I mean, they show uh, uh, people coming from Europe and Asia or whatever, wherever they, they came from, but there's no way to say, well, gosh, there's this this uh, bloodline that we just don't recognize from anywhere. Right. I, I don't think they
0: they're that good that yet. And yeah, it was a it was an interesting question, but maybe a tough one too. You know. Yeah. Good one. Um, here's one. Anything? Have you received any messages about uh? The pyramids or the Sphinx, anything like the, mm. like from your point of view, your perspective about the Sphinx? Well, I know supposedly I had a life
1: where, where I helped give them directions as to where mm-hmm. to point building the pyramids. Uh-huh. But, you know, I've only asked a question or two on that. It, it, you know, uh, I had the life and that's about, about all I know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and certainly there are tunnels underneath that connect the sphinx and, and the pyramids that they just aren't sharing.
0: Yeah. Hopefully one day they'll share that.
1: Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I think we probably covered it pretty yeah. well today.
0: Yeah, I think we did pretty good. So we touched on a lot of interesting uh, subjects.
1: Yeah, I'd like to encourage everybody. You know, if you, uh, I, I have a blog and I have a newsletter. The newsletter you can sign up for on my homepage and my website at www.thegentlewaybook.com. Investigate. I also have sample chapters of all my books. So read some of the s- sample chapters of of the general way books. Um, I was voted best self-help author for three years by health magazine. Um, I have people that write to me almost every single day saying how fantastic their lives are now that they are requesting benevolent outcomes in their lives. So I really encourage you to experiment with this modality. It is the best one and the easiest one you will ever find in your life that will keep you on your soul contract uh your soul path and uh where uh, and, and when you have these challenges you're still going to have challenges but the challenges will not be like a brick wall in front of you they'll be like a big speed bump so mm-hmm. that's fantastic and it raises your vibrational levels um your level so uh, investigate that, read the, the sample chapters on those, uh sample chapter on, on the Atlantis and Lemurie book, first contact book conversations with an ET, and you'll learn you'll all about. Inter- <laughs> yeah. Um, so I also have my blog each Saturday. Just, uh, I have, um, I have a blog with about four or five stories sent in to me uh, from, uh, subscribers from people that, that are, uh, using benevolent outcomes into their lives. And they'll tell me all sorts of great stories. Uh, and, and so they, they are in my blogs each, uh, each Saturday. So, uh, uh, all you have to do is when you get on my website, look for, uh, uh where it says blog, click on it. And you can even, um, have, uh, Uh, the uh, uh, there's a way to sign up uh, for the blog where it'll notify you when the next blog is coming out. Thank you for, for having me Jason.
0: Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure.
1: Yeah. Everyone have a most benevolent week coming up. Look, look forward to having you as subscribers on for the
0: newsletter. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for watching my video. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, hope there was some information that you found out about it and that it might answer some of your questions. So if you have any questions or any type of uh, comments, just leave them down below and I'll try to relay those questions over to Tom. He is very good at following up, communicating, answering questions. So if you have something that deals with this video, um, just leave a comment down below and I'll try to work something out with him. Also, please make sure you subscribe and I'm going to leave links into, in the description about his newsletter, his website, and his books on Amazon as well.